Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we're going to talk about peace, just like Russia and Ukraine are. If you are unaware, peace talks have begun between Russia and Ukraine. We have no idea how they're going, how they will proceed. We don't know Russia's starting position. If this is your first time following something like this, Generally speaking, the first round of peace talks do not produce peace, at least not a lasting one. So we're going to have to wait and see on that. So today we're going to kind of do a recap on the situation in Ukraine on the ground and the situation in Russia and why that may lead Russia to be a little bit more flexible in its position. Inside Ukraine... Things haven't shifted much. The Russian advance has stalled. The Ukrainian resistance is holding pretty well. As far as on the battlefield, not a whole lot has changed. Dynamics have shifted outside of Ukraine, though. There is a possibility of Belarus joining Russia in the fight. A lot of European countries are offering advanced military aid. Um, not just bits and pieces, but it, some heavy hardware, like jets. This is probably not going to sit well with Putin. But he has bigger problems. The economic situation in Russia is deteriorating swiftly. The ruble has lost 30% of its value. At time of filming, it is 109 rubles to a dollar. A ruble is worth less than a penny. Interest rates in the country have been raised. Think about what it's like when the U.S. raises interest rates and how much they typically raise them by. Russia just raised theirs from 9.5% to 20%. You have oligarchs, at least a couple, publicly calling for peace because they are losing money and they're losing it quickly. These are people who Putin relies on for power. You know, there there's an image that he controls them. It's a little bit more balanced than that. They have a lot of influence. The stock market is closed. A run on the banks has already begun. The estimation is that their gross domestic product will be down 5% already. BP is in the process of dumping $14 billion of uh, Rosneft, a, a large Russian oil company. That's going to hurt. Um, the economic situation in Russia, it, it went south way faster than people predicted. Uh, even the people who thought that bouncing them out of the SWIFT banking network um, was going to be incredibly effective, I don't think anybody predicted it being this effective in like 48 hours. Um, the timing seems coincidental that the economic situation is going the way it is, and Russia is willing to talk. I'm hoping 
that that's a sign that they are going to be doing this in good faith. But we, we don't know. Putin had a plan for Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia to be reunited. This is probably a, a legacy thing for him. I don't know how willing he's going to be to back away from it. He has all of the economic reasons in the world to untangle himself from this mess. And not a lot of military reasons to stay. At, at this point, he has to understand that the resistance is formed. It has steeled itself. If he stays, if Russia stays, they will continue to fight. It doesn't matter if Russia pushes through and takes the capital. It doesn't matter what happens to, to Zelensky. The resistance is formed. They will be dealing with this for years if they stay. He has to know that. Um, all of the bluster, all of the posturing, at this point it doesn't matter. It would be wise for NATO or Zelensky to give him a way out, to give him a soft landing, um, something that can speed this process along. This is a very proud man. And his lifelong dream has gone up in smoke over the last few days. If negotiators push too hard, he may recommit and just say, fine, we're going to take the losses for the next however long it takes. This is a window. I'm hoping that uh, all the parties involved understand that this is the chance to stop this before it gets really bad. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.